Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University. I am your professor, Mario Vera, and joining me is the illustrious doctoral student, Slyclone MC, who has a bachelor's in the MCU, a master's in the multiverse, and is going for the dissertation in Marvel Studies, and also a host currently on Hawkeye on Stark Radio. Sly, how are you doing, Sly? I am doing great. This week has been full of Hawkeye. I have been on <laughs> so many various Hawkeye shows, and it's been a blast. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited to add this extra credits to my repertoire of yelling about Hawkeye on the internet. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Well, of course, if you didn't know, yes, we're doing an extra credits this week. If you did, you watched, I believe you're on uh, Daredevil. Daredevil released this week. That was a blast. I actually got some, a lot of people saying they really liked that episode because we actually talked extra long on that one specifically. And uh, yeah. listen, <laughs> say what you will. It's a good movie in terms of Colin Farrell. <laughs> Again, that's all I'll say. <laughs> Uh, but of course this week we're doing a little extra credit, uh, because Hawkeye has been out now going for the last two weeks, two episodes are released roughly around Thanksgiving weekend, kind of took a break in that between, uh, period. And, uh, the third episode released this Wednesday. So we figured, Hey, this is a good middle point to start talking about the show. And Hey, maybe at the end of the sixth episode, which is, will be the final one of the season. We'll go ahead and revisit and talk about the show as a whole. I think that'd be fun. So let's go ahead and we're going to talk about the first three episodes of Hawkeye, which, uh, you know, it's written and directed by a bunch of lovely people. I assume I did not find out if you have that information, please let me know. But of course, stars, uh, Jeremy Renner, Haley Steinfeld, uh, Vera Farmiga, and the, the dude that was on better call Saul. That guy's awesome. If you have never seen him, he was, on a, uh, and a lot a, a lake of quarks. Okay. Yeah, Aleko Cox and the dude from Lema's the movie. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> I I can never remember his name. I've I've yelled about him so many times on Stark Radio. Uh he plays Kazi. He was in Lemez. That's all I all I know him from. God, he was in Lemez. You're right. Okay. <laughs> his this oh wait. Yeah, he was. He's an Irish actor? <laughs> Good tell. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was Latino. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, <laughs> he just looks different in in the show. So, all right, shout out I to Rafi is his name. Him for the, yeah, I claim him. him no. <laughs> uh, uh, his name is Rafi. That's a great name. Okay. That is fantastic. Uh, of course, this show is streaming on Disney Plus, so you can find that on Disney Plus. And uh there'll be yeah, four more uh, sorry, three more episodes and uh then they'll wrap it up, but uh, go ahead. Let's go ahead and just go straight into it into our uh, Stanley seminar. What have you been thinking about Hawkeye? We've finally been here. We've been talking about like around this for a while. It's finally here. What are some of your general thoughts on Hawkeye? It is so interesting <laughs> to see what they're doing with this show because you're taking a character that has you know a longstanding, a ten-year history in the MCU as an established character and you're taking this character and putting them in a story that was written a couple years after they were first established as a character that treats them very differently as a character and that's just really interesting to see the dynamics of 
who the MCU has already established as Clint Barton and who Matt Fraction established as Clint Barton and how they grapple with the differences there has been so interesting to see. And I think that's my like general thoughts. <laughs> no, for sure. I mean, I would say that Jeremy Renner's character has always just been a, in the periphery in a lot of things. He's always been the side character. He's, he's, you know, his first introduction is a random cameo in Thor. This is the first time you ever see him. Uh, the next time you eventually see him is at the beginning of Avengers, where he's hanging out in the rafters, like looking all dark and mysterious, um, which adds to, to me, adds a little context to this. So I'm very excited. Um, but yeah, he's always been sort of like just on the periphery and, However, he has made an impact in some aspects, but never to this level. And I'm so happy to finally put a focus on not only the things that he does as an Avenger, as a secret agent, as part of S.H.I.E.L.D., which we always get like little texture things like what he does for Natasha, uh, especially if you watch Black Widow. Um, but now this is finally seeing front and center of him dealing with the stuff that he's been doing for his uh, superhero life, but also in his sort of like the, that weird dark time during... Uh, the the snap and so that i think this is a very fascinating development on that however i almost don't believe that he's the, the star of this show i think it's Haley seinfeld is 100 the star right? especially the uh, the fact that yeah the first episode it heavily is just focused on her specifically um the kate bishop's introduction to this has been to me i mean i knew i love Haley seinfeld for since forever i loved her in true grit when i first saw her uh opposite of jeff bridges in that film and she held her own and honestly deserved the oscar i don't think she won that year it's a damn shame um but then over the years i've seen her do like countless things she's uh obviously was in uh spider-verse as gwen stacy she's been in uh a transformers film which is actually a really good transformers film in bumblebee and she's also in Arcane, which is a new show that I watch. And oh my god, I love it! And she's fantastic in it too. She's killing it. And now to bring her to life with Kate Bishop, what what has been your thoughts on Kate Bishop? We've had a lot of conversations about Kate Bishop surrounding her representation from mm -hmm. a feminist perspective because it's really interesting to see that. Like, I want to say Haley Steinfeld, incredible in this. She's yeah. killing it with what she's being given. Mm. Uh, the question of what she's being given, another story. <laughs> but in general, she's she's amazing. She's definitely the star of the show. I think that's non-negotiable. Yeah. And it just the way she embodies this character has been so great to see. Just this, you know her development of like trying to figure out who she is as a character and how that relates to the idea of being a hero has been really interesting. I, uh, we've talked extensively about the inconsistency of her fighting style mm -hmm. and how everybody else tends to have a pretty set style that most of their fighting is based off. And she doesn't have that, which could be an interesting character choice if by the end of this we see her develop a more distinct style so i'm holding out when we when we revisit i mm. really hope i have more positives to say on that front sure but it's really interesting to see kate bishop as a character 
in the MCU compared to what we know from the comics, mm-hmm. right? I I went through and read as many Hawkeye comics as I could get my hands on before this, just so I would have, you know, the background and understanding to really uh, dive deep into these characters and compare them to what we've already seen from their stories. And it's so fascinating how much of her character they flip mm-hmm. or swap. And one thing that I've noticed a lot is, you know, this series obviously is very heavily based on Matt Fraction's 2014 run, right? Which was one of the first comics I ever read. Of course, yourself and many other people recommend it so heavily. So it was one of the first, like, Marvel comics I dove into. And I absolutely loved it. It's really interesting to see them take Clint's character in that Mm -hmm. story and kind of give it to kate yeah like uh we give her his apartment him saving the dog his lines like there's some direct quotes from the comics that clint says that we get kate saying here and so that's really interesting on top of her origin story is basically flipped you know we see her dad uh, die i say quotes because you know in the comics her mom quote dies and then comes back so i'm 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 trepidatious to see he's actually dead because we we haven't seen the body we'll see we'll yeah. see how it goes we'll see we'll, um, i have some theories that we need to talk about <laughs> we'll talk about them i'm sure we have so many <laughs> theories to yell about yeah uh but in general i see so much potential for her character i am really excited to see what the next three episodes bring mm-hmm. with her character and I hope in the future we get to see all of her by boyfriends because she has never dated a single straight person ever in her life. And I love that for her. I almost wanted to ask you about that specifically because I, I mean, as much <laughs> as I read that run, um, it's definitely been a while since I've read it. Uh, the only other major instance recently that I had of her, of course, was the Avengers Marvel video game, uh, where she is introduced, yeah. introduced, which is awesome. She's a, one of my favorite characters to play as. Better than Spider-Man. I love her story in that game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I did find it interesting. And I, again, it's like, I don't know if it's the, with subtle storytelling because... And I'm so happy this. there's nothing like this. You know, they could easily go the cheese route of like a boyfriend in the background. And so far, there's nothing like that. However, I do want to say it was an interesting choice. Um, and we're going to go full spoilers for on it. I'll say right now, we both recommend the show. I'm, I'm having a blast, I would say. If you love Christmas, yeah, this is a Christmas it. show. It's awesome. So definitely check it out. But we're going to definitely dive in deeper on certain things. Um, when... She goes back home and she talks to her mom and her mom's like, I left uh, the red dress uh, in your room. Put that on. Come join me at this event. Blah, 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 blah. She doesn't. She puts on the smoking hot suit. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I was like, that was an interesting choice. (laughs) She bodied that suit. Oh, my God. Yeah. So good. And I was like, is this their subtle like thing of like this character of just sort of like this fluidity of gender? And I was curious about that because I don't like I, I'm not like, as you bring up, she's <laughs> not straight boyfriends. I like the fact that like <laughs> it's sort of like it answers a question, but it's ambiguous enough where it's just like she's who she is. And I do enjoy that. I don't what what was your, your idea of that choice? I love that. I love that they didn't try to make it a statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, they are not commenting on it. 
besides the fact that she looks like waitstaff in that scene right <laughs> yeah like yeah. that's the biggest commentary we get we see her she lo- she's in a suit she looks great they don't comment on it they don't dive into it that's perfect that's exactly I wa- what i want yes. i don't want them trying to make like a gender statement yes. with that i just want it to exist and leave it open to interpretation yes if you see that as her character tends to have more gender fluidity great awesome great for you if you don't get that out of it it's fine it was left ambiguous and i loved that i of course you want to see explicit dated representation and that is so important and powerful but leaving things ambiguous can also give people so much power Mm -hmm. and it, you have to have a balance of both. So I really enjoyed that. And I really enjoyed that they didn't make any commentary that was, around That's it. exactly just it. let it be. Yes. No. Oh, I, oh why not the red dress? Like none of that. Like it was simply yeah. just she made a choice and that was the choice and everyone ran with it. Every single person, even in this bougie, weird <laughs> building, like it's total, no 100%. And I feel like it just does a, a service to normalizing that for, you know, uh, in terms of other media. And I thought that was, I noticed, I obviously I noticed it, but I took it as a seem of like, no one's comment. Like I'm noticing that no one's saying, and I think it's just because it's so like, I don't see this normally. And I think mm-hmm. going forward, I want that. I want that in, in my media. So yeah. That was definitely a choice that I really enjoyed, um, for sure. Uh, I want to elaborate a little bit more on all of her bi boyfriends. Go for it. Um, I, (laughs) my favorite comic that I've read, my favorite series that I've read is West Coast Adventures, and I know I was talking about it a couple weeks ago on the main podcast, Point in Progress, of course, about how just fun and great the story was and it had really interesting themes and the characters were just i really enjoyed the characterization of this story and i need everybody i don't care if you're not huge into comics i need you to go read this series it's of course on marvel unlimited that's how i read it um and it's just so great and quippy and of course this is where you get kate you see her with her current boyfriend who is very openly bi who meets her former boyfriend also very openly bi and they're just kind of hitting on each other (laughs) and it's beautiful it's amazing and she's mortified and makes a comment like have i ever dated a straight person and everybody around her is just like no no you have not (laughs) and it's iconic uh but the story that has nothing to do with the story the story is great everybody go read west coast avengers it's it's the 2018 it's amazing it's just such a blast uh but yeah that that's one of my favorite marvel unlimited stories please sponsor us that'd be great i would (laughs) please we would love to read comics for you and talk about them on the show that would be 100 let's go ahead and sound that off send your tweets to marvel <laughs> let them know that MC university is here uh don't sue us uh <laughs> for the logo <laughs> um, but uh what was uh we'll, we'll go since there's three episodes we'll go uh, on the basis of course uh to summarize a little bit of the first episode it really like i said it's very much uh, introductory to Kate Bishop's story. It does have Hawkeye's in there with his family, but essentially it's going through all the wacky hijinks from uh, her coming back home, going to this event, uh, 
Go ahead. Can we talk about the bell tower? We'll talk about I've the bell tower first. Go for it. So many podcasts this week, and we have not talked about the bell tower at all. Just this so, reference is weird, right? <laughs> it's so weird. So it's it the makes beginning sense. of episode one. Yeah. And you see Kate, and she's being dared to shoot an arrow at a bell tower, and she's breaking into a tower, and it's stained tower. Stained tower. As in Obadiah Stain? Yes. Now, I, I, right. I know why. Okay. I know why it's still named <laughs> that. Yes. Because the world at large does not know he was a supervillain. He, at the end, right. at the end of Iron Man, <laughs> he the, he's giving notes that he died on a boat. That Obadiah Stain mysteriously died on a boat. So he actually, no one knows that he's a bad person. So yeah, there would still be there. Like everyone would assume he's still a nice dude. And there's an oversized stain thing that just so happens to fall, which is hilarious. But yes. So in the world of, of this, of this universe, we know he's a bad guy. No one else does. So he gets a tower. That's incredible. Just like there'll be Talking a Donald Trump tower. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Talking about towers. Who do you think bought? the stark tower i really want it to be the new baxter building so badly i want it to be the mm-hmm. new fantastic four uh headquarters but I, I have no idea how they're going to handle the fantastic four i i have so many theories on that like i also want like to fantastic four to exist at the same time as ant-man did so it's sort of like uh before time but they like disappeared in the i don't know there's so and then franklin's there like there's so so many things that i want to do with that because they can't as we'll discover uh, later on the show when we eventually do the fantastic four movies i don't think we could do those movies again so we have to do something radically different so we we will see we will definitely see i've seen a lot of people saying fisk uh, but what I want in my heart of hearts yeah. is I want Justin Hammer to have bought it as a, a declaration of love to Tony Stark. Because uh, we know he has a crush on Tony, 100%. right? Like, that's yeah. so obvious. So I want, I want Justin <laughs> Hammer to have bought it as, a, as like a show of his love for Tony. I would love that. I'd love for him to get so out of prison and just buy the tower. I would love that. Uh, that'd be such a f- oh my god that'd be one of those like back in the day when everyone got mad at the mandarin thing of like it being such a swerve was like who bought the tower and you look up it's justin hammer's name on it uh brutal <laughs> brutal they should do it they should totally do that uh what were your general thoughts on the episode including clint because i know we haven't really talked about clint so far um he uh is going to new york to spend time with his family it's that family tradition of uh again Timeline wise, I'm not sure how it makes sense how this is the first time that they're hanging out together during Christmas when it's apparently been two years, supposedly. I don't know. Well, timey wimey. Don't worry about it. It's the first time they're <laughs> celebrating Christmas don't together since the snap. And uh, yeah, uh, they're they're going to a musical. Obviously, uh, let's talk about Rogers the musical. Oh, let's talk about it. Was it everything I, you ever dreamed or what? <laughs> I it I was. Everything I wanted and nothing I wanted simultaneously. Let me break that down for you. The production itself was everything I wanted. The costumes were ridiculous. You would not put that on a Broadway stage. No way in hell. 
everybody keeps referencing the spider-man turn off the dark musical yeah look at the costumes from that show we would not be getting these True. costumes here i love that i love that commentary they're making with the com- the costuming choices the music wow <laughs> they got real musical theater people to write this they did to make fun of the current state of musical theater good for them it's <laughs> incredible the music itself is like so good and the lyrics are so horribly cheesy that it together is perfection i love that for them and the choreography impressively good we got a high kick from natasha (laughs) shocking no one um (laughs) but in general the choreography was really solid if anybody out there knows who choreographed that? Please let me know. I've not been able to find a name anywhere. Um, so those were all the things I loved. What they actually did at Rogers the Musical was kind of a letdown. Okay. Like you see them sitting in this theater and Clint's not paying attention. He gets up and leaves in the middle of a number. Like, didn't even wait for applause. Like, in the middle of a number. The disrespect. And just leaves. And then the rest of his family leaves before the intermission. Like, that place is empty. They just walked out in the middle of the show. And we don't get... We don't get anything. We don't get a fight scene. I really thought they were going to do the opera from the comics where oh, they're yeah. like fighting around. Mm-hmm. I really thought that something was going to happen there. And nope, we just got we just got them going to a musical. Good for them, I guess. <laughs> okay, hold on. I'll <laughs> I just love how yeah, take away. Take I just love away. that you're so distressed the fact they left before intermission makes me laugh. <laughs> That's me. I mean, yes, that happened, but also <laughs> I felt he was having a moment. <laughs> He was having a moment in there uh, when he saw Natasha. He could have waited until the number <laughs> finished and, you know, people are clapping and walk out, get out. I totally understand that. I understand them wanting to leave out of intermission. Totally fine. But he left before the number ended yes. and before the act ended. <laughs> people are acting on stage and you're just walking out. I agree with you. <laughs> However, what I believe the scene is trying to communicate uh, is his uh, sort of distress of the loss of a friend. And obviously he's seeing something that he's actually lived through. And uh, to see Natasha in this way. Um, and then for him to leave, just like totally distraught. And I thought at least that set up. Sorry, I'm still, I'm reeling from everything we just said. You're like, not wrong. That's the thing. You're completely correct. That's what they wanted you to take out of that scene. That's not what I got out of it. Okay. Fair, fair enough. Um, uh, one other bit of commentary and I, I, and I'm borrowing this from straw hat goofy who on TikTok does a lot of MCU stuff. But one of the things that also happens is, uh, he takes his family out to a Chinese restaurant and, uh, they have, you know, cute family time and the restaurant's like, don't worry, we'll take care of it. And he's like, no, please don't. Obviously he doesn't want to be acknowledged. But if you parallel that with earlier this year with Falcon and Winter Soldier and the fact that Falcon can't get a goddamn loan is fucked up on being repaired. 
Yeah, so, it's yeah. a really interesting point in the discussion of how, uh, as a culture, the United States in general treats veterans. Yes. Like, we're so quick to say, like, oh, thank you for your service. Here, let me pay for your meal, blah, 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 blah. But when, the, when veterans are like, hey, we have this problem because of you know the war you sent us to fight yeah. can you help us everybody's like mm, mm. sorry that's too much work we can't we can't do any substantial you know support to you but i'll pay for your meal yeah no i i found a uh both on a yeah on a veteran level but on other levels as well i'm just like yeah i feel that that's definitely yeah that scene does ring a little different um but in terms of the character and if we're focusing on just the character other than the subtext the character yeah in terms of him like unassuming of like thinking that he's not a hero i thought that was playing into what we then like learn later in later episodes i thought that was a good start there um all the way up to eventually, I think what they they end up going back to a hotel room and then they see the Ronin stuff. So we'll go back to go back to Kate Bishop here. Uh, Kate Bishop doing uh, some interesting things and getting into hijinks with her own family. Um, specifically, um, oh my god, I forgot the guy. I'm gonna call him Butterscotch. We'll just call him Butterscotch. <laughs> Armand. Armand. The no, third. Is he the? Yeah, he's or the. Jack. No, Jack the, the swords. Yeah, not swordsman. Yeah, butterscotch is Armand. Okay. Yeah, Armand yeah. the third. I'm on the third butterscotch. I, my life goal now yes. is to get monogrammed candy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would love monogrammed butterscotch. It doesn't have to be butterscotch. Sure. This is my life goal. I will have made it as a human being sure. when I can have monogrammed candy. No, that's that, fair. Incredible. I just want my Twitter handle on it. Just Nightmute City. <laughs> monogrammed on <laughs> On some candy and then ship that out to people. Merch idea. There we go. Okay, we'll think about we'll talk about that with the rest of the group. That'd be fantastic. Um, but of course, uh, gets involved in sort of these shady dealings underneath the the party, which uh, I love. I, I absolutely adored everything in the scene leading up into the fight. Uh, Haley Seinfeld just kills the comedy so hard in this one and just does excellent work. You don't even know my name, Terry. <laughs> I love it. It's like, I'm supposed to only be down here. Are you supposed to be down here? It's like, oh, Gary, let me do this. It's like, this. it's like, go speak to Gary. I am Gary. You See, Gary, you don't even know my name. It's so perfect. So perfect. So good. I wish I, because I, I can't find the, like, the, the dialogue. Which if we did the dialogue this week, that'd be fun. That would have been something. With it. Mm-hmm. If I find it later, <laughs> we'll definitely do it later. But uh, yes, uh, this whole scene, like what, so what are your thoughts on this this sort of setup here? Because I know this sort of setup that like there's some shady dealings going here. It is shady. Don't get me wrong. This underground thing where everyone's betting. What the fuck's up with the watch? I want to know. I want to know so much about this Why goddamn watch. So important. Other than it came from the Avengers uh, compound, I have no idea. However, I did hear a fun theory that it's Tony Stark's mm. Tony Stark's watch um, from Civil War. Where he does this. Oh, with the suit? Yeah, like he goes like this. Oh. And uh-huh. so I'm wondering yeah, if that's it. That. Um, but again, I mean, I feel like the stake will have to be a little bit higher. I don't I don't know. We'll 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 find out for we'll sure. See. But I I did like that with the scene they're like a triceratops skull, uh, a suit, and a sword. <laughs> like they, they had like such like low risk things that like it it, it spoke crimi- criminality. But it didn't speak. To, it just it just spoke rich people to me primarily. Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's good because you not necessarily that. Obviously, her first instinct is Jack's a bad guy because of this. But even I'm like mm-hmm. still in the train. I'm like, is he? 
I'm still like on the fence of like, is he going to be a bad guy? I'm not sure. And I'm wondering how much they're going to play with the, obviously the characters that we know that are established people. We know, and I know that he's an established character. I know that her mother is an established character, but then I'm also curious about this other entity that's floating in the background. Once we get to episode three, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's talk, let's talk about Jacques Duquesne. Yeah. Uh, Cause I think his character here is really interesting. Uh, you know, they're, they're setting him up as, mm-hmm. you know, the villain here. So heavy handedly that I don't think he's going to be the main. Villain, yeah. Yeah. Right. For sure. I think that's definitely going to be a red herring. Um, but his character is really interesting. You know, obviously he's the swordsman, very skilled. And we see that. Um, and, but he's just, you know, trying to seduce his fiance. Yeah. Uh, and get to, I get to be a good stepfather. And that's just hilarious to me. Like his interactions with Kate and him just kind of trying to be, you know, that father figure in her life. And she just been like, nah, fam. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I really like that they're setting, I really like how they're setting up so many villains that i have no idea what's to come right yeah. like obviously you're gonna see swordsman i don't think he's gonna be in the head honcho uh we have her mom right um uh, eleanor eleanor, with eleanor, e. Bishop. eleanor yeah eleanor, eleanor who um you know works under madame mask in the comics mm-hmm. so is she working under madame mask is she actually madame mask who can say yeah and then you know we we could talk about the other you know villain implications secret uncle that come up in later yeah. later episodes yeah uh, for sure. <laughs> uh the actor playing jack uh is tony uh, dalton his biggest role uh, before this was better call saul and he was a terrifying force so absolutely i feel like i have those pre uh existing notions of like i'm scared of you and so uh he definitely applies it like this cool like just calm dad of like we'll do, we'll do some fencing that's fine oh like the way that he like nearly cuts her head off i thought it was interesting um but i i have a striking feeling that he's gonna end up not being a bad guy and i'm very curious because this next uh you know we'll get we'll get to where he's at at the third episode but uh i'm very wondering if they have a remembrance because in the comics if i'm not mistaken they they have a connection um with him and and jerry yeah. Renner. so i wonder if that has anything to do and we'll we'll, we'll see how they because res- that to me is how they resolve that uh, it's like like oh remember me i remember you blah 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 but we'll see um but also- yeah i know uh, i'm trying to like rack my brain where i've seen swordsman and what i've read so far mm-hmm. and what stack stands out to me is uh i think it was called like hawkeye generations or something mm. basically a bunch of people were like teleported to some uh, ambiguous place in space and time and it's like uh, Clint from the past and Kate from the future cool. and Ed Swordsman's there and uh, they're alluding to like this big long history between Clint and Swordsman or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't remember much from that comic. But I won't I spoil it. it. Yeah, I won't, yeah, I won't spoil it. So, so we'll, we'll see. see. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see for sure. Um, and then obviously this gets into the grand introduction to the the tracksuit mafia. <laughs> <laughs> the 
tracksuit bros i love them i love them in the fraction run i love them here they're just so great they're great i adored and this is this is in season, this is episode two obviously but i adored the conversation about uh <laughs> kate bishop is like what's going on it's like my girlfriend <laughs> i bought t- imagine dragon tickets for my girlfriend <laughs> And the conversation where he's and she's like, well, you should really talk about how that gift was more for you and not for your girlfriend. Yes. yes. So good. So good. It's like, oh, oh I love so Imagine good. Dragons, which is hilarious because I've been watching Arcane and the theme song is Imagine Dragons. <laughs> so I've been hearing Imagine Dragons for like a whole double tie in. Oh, my God. It was love so funny. That. I laughed so hard. I was like. I, I really like that song. I can't wait for them to be at the Game Awards. Anyways, uh, uh, Do you have so any last thoughts about episode one. Well, other than the fact that we got introduced to Tracksuit Mafia and the fact that uh, she now has the Ronin suit and causing problems, that's going to be introduced obviously mm-hmm. in the major issue in uh, in two. Uh, I had a great introduction to Kate. Kate, I had a great introduction to the Tracksuit Mafia as a as a force, and uh, I think that the first episode sets up the murder mystery quite well. I'm very excited that we eventually move on to episode two. Yeah, I w- I've been talking about how I want more murder mysteries. Yes. And we're getting it. That's so exciting. Um, on Christmas. I, I'm so excited. Yeah, it's so good. I think it was it came up with the what if when we did mm. the, you know, uh, what was that? Like episode three where it was the murder mystery kind of yes. episode. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I loved that episode so much. It was so fun. And to get another one so soon after is just so exciting to me. I love this. So good. I, I just love the trope of a murder mystery and seeing it with superheroes is so fun. It is so fun. And I love there there's actually even a tease of what if, in the show, and I'll talk about that in episode three. Um, but yeah, episode two, of course, is uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Clint finds. Uh, oh yeah, this is episode two. Clint finds Kate Bishop wearing the Ronin suit. Uh, he goes then to her apartment, which, of course, <laughs> they're being followed by the tracksuit mafia. Sees Kate's name on the door, <laughs> knows immediately that she is uh, Ronin, uh, and all hell breaks loose. And my favorite gif of the, you know, the favorite shot of the commercial was uh, him breaking the glass, grabbing the bottle, and throwing it back. I'm glad that had somewhat of a payoff. But uh, again, you, like you said earlier, uh, oh, good sort of flip on the sort of uh, apartment building with uh, Kate Bishop. This mm-hmm. is her sort of uh, her her place, um, and I found that uh, a nice little touch. Uh, the fact that, yeah, that <laughs> they got. Really burnt up there. Um, however, <laughs> it leads to I think one of the interesting additions to this show, which I'm. It didn't fit the theme Christmas, but hey, we're talking about it. Apparently, uh, the Ronin suit gets left there, and then <laughs> a firefighter takes it. We're talking about the LARPing, eh? That's yeah, what we're diving in. We're diving first. in the LARPing now. Let's what? talk about the LARPing. Let's talk about the LARPing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one one very valid point that was brought up uh, by Ruben on, of course, my episode of Marvel Mondays for Hawkeye was that there is not enough snow in Central Park <laughs> for New York in for December. Sure. For sure. Where's the snow? <laughs> uh, yeah. What are your thoughts on the LARPing? I mean, I think overall I end up enjoying it for what the scene means. I just do think that it's such a 
left turn for your show to do, especially when it already has this murder mystery element. And then it also has this Christmas theme that I figured that would fit more and somehow like, what if, you know, it'd be, it'd be funny if it was a Christmas, I don't know if it was a Christmas party or something like that, or like, I don't know, or a convention or something. I don't know. Like I thought, I think that would have made more sense or Hey, if it was like uh, the, the, they're walking past people, I think in Times Square or something like that. And then they make the joke about Katniss Everdeen, which I thought was funny. Uh, like, I think it could easily have been that. Yeah. It was really interesting that it was like, uh, like medieval. Yes. Art. And, and then this ninja the suit was the superhero ninja yeah. suit. Yeah. Well, super villain, I guess. I don't know. It was a ninja suit. Yes. It did not fit no. in the theme of the LARP. So that was a choice. And I, I like the idea. I like that they include this. It was fun. It lifted the tone of the episode. It was just a smidge too long. Yeah, I agree. Just just a smidge. It went on too long where I was like, eh, is this really all you're going to offer this episode? But I liked the idea. I, I liked the concept. I wasn't a fan of the execution. Yeah, yes, I, I agree. I I think that in any other instance where I think this could make sense, it probably would have been great. But I just for some reason, the inclusion here just fell off. But I'm glad that there's some the elements there I thought were cool. Like I love when they're like he has to fight his way to the ninja and he's just sort of like nonchalantly just like <laughs> tapping people and like doing all that. And I thought that was uh, a lot of fun. I, the resonance of what, what the scene is supposed to be obviously is to um, convey that Hawkeye can provide hope for people. Oh, and the one thing we skipped, by the way, in episode one. Let's talk about this selling inspiration line. Yes, exactly. 100%. Go ahead. Go ahead. Bring that up. And then we'll talk about because yeah, we'll, so, let's go back to 2012 after that. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, so uh, we see in both episode two when they're walking down the street and episode three where uh they're in the diner right and kate's talking about this idea of branding mm-hmm. and who clint is and we see this really interesting you know kate 22 years old all about like image marketing social media that kind of thing and clint being like i'm a secret angel my job is to be invisible yes but also being on this team that inspires hope that selling inspiration yeah that people that kids are looking up to and so he's having to battle with these two different identities he has right his you know special agent or secret agent barton mm-hmm. and hawkeye and that's really interesting and to see kate being like you know this is her hero the person she idolizes looks up to spent her whole life trying to be saying you know like i my job is to be in the shadows I, nobody looks up to me i don't want people to know who i am mm-hmm. is such an interesting dynamic here yeah and and then with the the arbiter of like the ronin era of him feeling not worthy because of the things that he's done and the things catching up to him like the tracksuit mafia and you know echo as well um that to me i found very interesting with that character specifically and to go back with the hope thing and and to bring back to 2012 which by the way holy shit i was so cool to see uh from a different perspective the first avengers movie from her as a child because you know yeah uh you see something like that you're you're totally changed forever and to watch hawkeye do that infamous move of him doing uh the fall down which they replicate in the third episode was so cool to see from a, a total brother perspective. So absolutely uh, found all of this stuff of 
inspiration and hope. And there's little pieces here. Like that's obviously a part of it. Then there's the dinner is another thing, a part of it. The LARP guy is another part of it. It's all these reinforcements of like Hawkeye does bring hope to people. He just doesn't see it. And I hope that the show continues to go down that road specifically. Uh, we didn't talk about Lucky the Pizza Dog. What do you think about Lucky the Pizza Dog? He's a magical dog. That's my theory. He's because he just appears out of nowhere. <laughs> I, I love Lucky. I love Lucky in the comics. I love the comic. Uh, it's uh, volume 11 where it's from his perspective. It's one of my favorite things I've ever read as a comic. It's great. I love that he's here. Um, it just makes me more mad that we didn't get Alpine and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> I, I have to say it. Why Why can't we give Bucky a cat? He deserves <laughs> Alpine. She's amazing. Um, she would want to live in that apartment. Lucky, There's no furniture in that apartment. <laughs> she can't get. Her, <laughs> she can't scratch things. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, but yeah, no, I love Lucky. Lucky's great here. I just so cute. I I love all the pets of Marvel. They they make me so happy. No, for sure. I'm happy he's around, and I I, I love his inclusion in the uh, the last episode. Uh, as well um yeah and then majorly obviously this episode is just sort of setting up uh the conflict with uh the stepfather or the potential stepfather uh jack and then leading up to where clint's like all right you stay here i'm gonna go fix this mess and i love uh i'll talk about with him and his wife because i was afraid that linda carlini was not gonna be in the show of course the only way she's in the show is (laughs) on a phone call but i'm happy that it's not he's not having a secret it's not a secret that he's doing this. It's all up front. She knows about it. She knows about the tracksuit mafia. Like she is all a part of it and she understands what he's doing. There's so many movies and so many tropes and Christmas time specifically. I have a, 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 a turbo man just over there to for Jing all the way <laughs> where it's all about these like coming home for Christmas. And I love that the family at the very least at this point, it's as much as it's a downer, they understand why he's doing the things that he's doing, and I hope that continues. Um, but God damn it, if he doesn't get home for Christmas, I'm going to be upset. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, what, what are your thoughts on, obviously, they're, yeah, that that trope? They're trying too hard to sell him as a good father. Um, <laughs> they're not doing it successfully. No. They're trying to. That's their intention. They're trying to set him up as a good father. But everything, everything they're doing is just indicative of him being an absent father uh so they're they're definitely gonna make sure he gets home for christmas i can't see it going any other way um but yeah the the family just it doesn't do it for me i you know we've seen them so little i have no real emotional connection to them as characters they don't humanize clint as a person for me I, I know a lot of people feel that they do and that they're really important to his characterization. It just doesn't click for me. Linda Cardellini, incredible, yeah. like stunning. Give her more. Uh, <laughs> but all in all, it's just, I see what they're trying to do. It's just not effective for me. I will say once we, and I, I actually do want to talk to you about the scene and we'll get there. Uh, episode three, because episode three, I think is going to be a big, Big thing I want to talk about. So um, when it goes through, yeah, through this, and then, of course, he has this plan to uh, go ahead and tell them the story about the Ronin, and everything's going, according to him, everything's going smoothly. Uh, But then Kate Bishop tries to be a hero and falls through the glass (laughs) and ruins his plan. So good. 
Yes. I love the comedy. Yeah. There's, you know, something to be said about uh, how Clint talks about Natasha there with like referencing her old moves and stuff. Um, And that's interesting. The way there's, they're trying to flesh out their relationship is odd to me. I don't know. I don't know if it's working for you or not. I, I think I've always had that connection with uh, Hawkeye and, and Black Widow. Obviously, it stems from mm-hmm. the first Avengers movie carrying over to, um, I believe it was also Age of Ultron, where he says, like, this is just like Budapest. No, no, that was the first Avengers. It was like, this is like Budapest. It's like, me and you remember Budapest very differently. Uh, and leading into the last movie that we saw with Black Widow and the, the, the history there, like, to me, it's always been ingrained there. So when I get to yeah, get to here, I've always had it. So I feel like even if you give me a cheap pop mm-hmm. on it, here's a cheap pop for you. Do you remember that the name of Nathaniel, his kid Nate, is named after Natasha? <laughs> I did not remember that. I I'll be honest, I can never remember how many kids he has. <laughs> he was a baby when Age of Ultron happened. He was a a what? baby. And his his name is is uh, Nathan after Natasha, but his middle name is Pietro. <laughs> after, oh, cute. After uh, Quicksilver, yeah, Nat and Quicksilver. I saw Age of Ultron in theaters uh, when it came out, and yeah. it was the first MCU movie I saw. Uh, so yeah, I don't remember it very well, but that's cute. Oh, good yeah. for him. So that's why that's a, that's those other little touchstones that are there for me for the for Natasha mm-hmm. and, and Clint. So that's why to me that's that's just it just goes with it as far as I'm concerned. Um, uh, of course, uh, they uh, get captured and they're gonna summon the big boss. And the big boss in this episode is none other than Echo herself. Love of my life. That music is so I... good. i love echo so much are are you ready for my echo yes yes i want to hear all of it this is this is what i was waiting for okay so i have a very awesome amazing and wonderfully smart friend alexis also known as alexis flake reads comics on tiktok who uh gives very good comic advice for people just starting out new to comics new to marvel whatever your situation is and uh one of her recommendations is find a character you think you're gonna like and just read through all of their stories because that will give you uh, an introduction to other characters, other storylines. You'll get a glimpse at comic events without feeling like you have to commit too heavily to like reading every issue for an event or whatever. And for me, that was amazing advice. And so I was thinking about like, what character am I going to pick? And then I was like, you know what? the most well-known deaf character in marvel is echo so i went through i read every comic on marvel unlimited that has echo in it every single one and that was my introduction to marvel comics that was my introduction to echo as a character and it really just solidified my love for this character and seeing her brought to life by a amazingly talented deaf plus indigenous actor is just the icing on the cake 
we like I like Wilcox so incredible in this role. We've you know seen her very briefly in episode two and much more extensively in episode three. And before Hawkeye released, she already got greenlit for her own show, which makes me so Big excited deal. for the rest of this. Big series. deal. First acting role, if I'm and not mistaken. Her very first yes. acting role ever. And that's just incredible to see. It, her acting is so so talented especially for this being her first role and just so expressive and fits the character so well and having a deaf character in this show is just so amazing with a strong family tie you know we see her father her father signs her father's working on you know doing his best to get her into a deaf school immersing her in the language the culture that you don't see that often and to have that representation is so powerful and for marvel to now have two deaf characters in their canon and for them both to be women of color is mind-blowing. The fact that we have Lauren Ridolf as Makari already, and now we're seeing Lake Cox as Maya Lopez, who, you know, is a deaf plus, so she's deaf, um, and she's also an amputee, which they incorporate into her character's storyline, is just so great. Um is how they handle her character perfect? No. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, they did a great job with it. Um, okay, I I will say how they're handling her character with the story so far has been excellent. I have no complaints so far. <sighs> this is where we're going to get into my framing rant. I, it was, um, this is exactly <laughs> what I was hoping for. Uh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, hire deaf people to work on projects with deaf people. And I mean this in all aspects. Like, I know they have, you know, a deaf actor. They hired an ASL consultant, which is super important. Every project that you have should do that. You have to hire either a director of ASL or a master of ASL, whatever you want to call the title. Okay. Don't put that burden on your actor. And they did that. It's uh, Douglas Rudolph, who is Lauren Rudolph's husband and also the director of ASL for Eternals. He's amazing. Um, And he also worked on this. But we need more deaf people behind the scenes. We need more deaf crew members. We need more (laughs) deaf directors of photography because apparently hearing people don't know how to set up a shot with sign language in it and i'm using sign language as a general term any language here specifically we're talking about asl it's not framed well at all and it it took me so far out of the scene and specifically the scene we see between echo and Mm kazi where they're both signing they're both talking in asl 
and every single shot is an extreme close-up every single shot is like so close to their face yeah and first of all it's not visually interesting you can only do so much with an extreme close-up and they completely overused it it was so overused um also you're cutting off the entire dialogue you're not showing the language that is happening and most of the time this i'm going to fault the editor and not necessarily the director of photography most of the time during that scene you're looking at the person who is reacting to the person talking and not the person doing the actual talking, mm -hmm. which can be okay when used in moderation, but when it's basically the entire scene, you're not getting the language. You're only getting the reaction. You're not seeing the person talking. The entire scene took me completely out of the episode. And I just... Uh, it's just so frustrating because that was the one scene that was like full ASL. Mm -hmm. That was the one scene that I had a chance of having full access without having to rely on English. And you took that away from your audience. And that's just so frustrating because, yeah, maybe I, I don't know uh, the, the guy's proficiency with asl it looked pretty decent it looked Kazi. solid it looked like it would be pretty clear and understandable i don't know if they were trying to hide his but her her expressive skill is excellent we don't need to cut off her signing so why did that mm -hmm. is my question you're the film person i i you know i have a, a very minor background in film do you have any thoughts on how they set up these shots, how they edited it? So the the thing is, though, and you having that perspective that like that wouldn't have crossed my mind. Like, it be, and that's because I, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't see the world in those ways, and therefore, everything to me is like, yeah, this looks great. But when it comes to someone that needs to understand what's being portrayed on screen, and if you can't articulate that in a way that is. Obviously, and, and I, I get it. If you have to sacrifice mise en scène to get the point across, you have to sacrifice mise en scène. But you have to make sure that your audience is being here. And if you are obviously, you know, doing a language for a specific audience, like the one cut off, the one scene that I thought was, I thought was, and again, if it's if it's a, a detractor for the actual language of ASL, was when um, you don't hear Hawkeye say. Natasha or Black Widow, but you see Kazi do the sign, like the close-up of it. It mm -hmm. just says Black Widow. Visually, to me, that looks good, but I don't know if that is actually visually communicative to the person that needs that. So if it's not... For the most part. For the most part? Um, his, I don't remember how much of his face was in frame. I really think it's a close-up like um, this. Like I think it's like, like yeah, down so, here. Like. So that's the problem. I, I thought it was just mostly trust. And um, part of the grammar of ASL is your face. Got it. And so his face was not in that shot. On, yeah. Yeah. We rely on eyebrows and mouth shapes to, um, you know, eyebrows tell you what kind, what the sentence type, gotcha. type is. It's grammar. Mouth shapes indicate uh, shape or size or distance. Mm -hmm. So these are important things to include. I really enjoy the sign of her sign name. I really like that. Um, and if it's just one sign, 
at the way they did, I'm mm-hmm. not going to say you have to have his face in it. Sure. Like, I get that. That, that stylistically makes sense. But when you're having a full conversation, you need all of these context points, right? Yeah, I agree with you. Um, so, yeah, I think that that one shot, fine. I won't complain about it. Uh, it's just like the bigger conversation that yeah, I and even the really follow up conversation, problem. too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm very curious of how they're going to handle this uh, with the rest of the season, uh, especially with Kazi sort of being her interpreter uh seemingly going forward because i don't i don't think yeah yeah i i love i love kazi as a character i i mean i don't know he's much about him so far totally so different far he's great he's totally different right he's a, well because i heard he was a clown character uh yeah i I, yeah, I don't I don't know much about his comic character. Yeah. I, I know he's the clown, but I don't know well, the, the what, only, what they're going to do with that. Yeah, I, I, again, I don't know if they're just going to not even do it. But from what I understand, he's actually the reason why uh, he puts an arrow through Hawkeye's ear. And that's what causes him. Um, Interesting. So I don't know. I don't think they'll go that, <laughs> that route with this. <laughs> what, okay. Obviously, the scene itself in context of like the presentation mm-hmm. was not there for you. In terms of the context of what was um, the conversation between her and Clint being someone who is yeah. that's what I, that's what I was like. Oh yeah. I, yeah what is your thoughts on that specifically? Because I that to me was like interesting, and I wanted to know what your opinion on if you believe if you uh, agree with Echo or you know as someone who uses it. It's so interesting to see because. Um, it's this this conflict that they're setting up is between you know the deaf community mm-hmm. and medically deaf people yeah and that is a conflict we see in real life right um for context for our audience i am a late deaf person so i grew up hearing i later lost my hearing um, after that, I got really involved in the language, the culture. I picked up ASL. I, you know, I grappled with my identity as a, a deaf person, as a disabled person, you know, learning to be that it's okay to call myself deaf, even though I don't have, you know, I'm not profoundly deaf. I have some hearing. Um, I, you know, I understand hearing privilege and I also understand deaf gain and that's so fundamental to who I am as a person. And so it's really interesting to see this character who is, you know, a representation of deaf culture, deaf community, ASL, and very proud, strong deaf character Mm -hmm. meeting this late deaf medically deaf doesn't use asl relies on assistive technology person and that conflict because it's something we do see in you know in life and i i don't like that they're having jeremy renner performing deafness it doesn't work for me it feels really disingenuous um uh, we didn't really talk about it in the first two episodes, but his dialogue surrounding his deafness mm-hmm. is obviously written by a hearing person. It feels awkward, stilted. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't feel genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, the commentary that they're trying to make is really interesting in how they're setting up the would be villain as the marginalized voice. Sure. Which, 
usually I would have a problem with, but here I love it because I so strongly agree with Echo. Like, he does rely too much on technology. Like, he needs to learn how to adapt to the world as a deaf person. And I'm saying this as a person who had to go through that journey. Yeah. Right? I lost my hearing. I had to learn how to interact with the world as a deaf person. And he needs to do that. And so you see her uh, smashing his hearing aid forcing him to be in this position and then they kind of negate it by setting up him as the sympathetic like oh he can't talk to his kid on the phone uh, so okay moment. i wanted to talk about that i'm a cinematic uh, one of the tropes that gets to me at all time is uh a father son uh thing i don't know it's because my dad was was uh, wasn't really there um when he couldn't hear his son though it got me. It got me sad. I understand it probably doesn't work for everybody, um, but it, it made me sad in the places. But uh, I, I understand. I understand your feelings on that for sure. I'm like, I it, I, I know why they set it up like that. And they're trying to make him the sympathetic character. And I was like, yeah, I can't talk on the phone either. You figure out how to communicate with people. Why aren't you FaceTiming them? Like, why are you so reliant on using your hearing aid for a phone conversation? Yeah. Like, there's there's different ways to go about this. So, you know, for me, I was like, I I have no, I, I have a little sympathy for you. Because I remember what that experience was like for me to go through that. But I know how much better my life is now having gone through that. And how much, you know, embracing my deafness made my life so much better. Like, I'm very proud to be deaf. I would not be hearing if I had the choice for the life of me. Um, and so th that to me uh, was so funny that I like I know that's not what you're supposed to get out of that scene. Yeah. That hearing audiences are very much going to see that as oh poor clint like they're taking this away from him sure. and i was just like it's it, it's a kick in the right direction <laughs> I, I hope well i hope that this character will learn to not have to rely on those things and yes uh grow in that right. aspect as well as all the aspects i think they're setting up so yes i do agree um but yeah uh, in general i wish i wish they didn't make jeremy renner's clint to death i sure. did not need that I don't need that representation. I we, I have beautiful, amazing, talented deaf actors already in this universe sure. who are giving me the representation I could only dream of a few years ago. I I don't need Jeremy Renner performing deafness. Sure, it's just it's not doing it for me. What uh what was what was your thought of their explanation of how he has. Uh, has learned has recently become deaf. It makes sense, yeah. you know. Repetitive trauma yeah. is going to degrade your hearing. Uh, they're so inconsistent with how much hearing he's lost. Sure. Uh, which I didn't realize. This is something Marissa brought up. Shout out to my wonderful hearing co-hosts on Stark Radio who tell me things about the sound design um, but just them being so inconsistent with how much hearing he actually has how much speech he can understand mm -hmm. when is he relying on the hearing aid when is he relying on his residual hearing it has been so wishy-washy that it just it, it doesn't really 
flow with the story. But yeah, he was around a lot of explosions, very close to his head. Makes sense. You're going to lose your hearing power. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. I was hoping that that wasn't going to be something where it would be like, uh, that's just too quick of an answer. But I do. I, I thoroughly was like, yeah, he did go through some shit in the last several years. Uh, it does sound definitively. It was probably end game that kicked it over. Um, but yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah. Uh, I think we'll move on, I guess, to the big action scenes, uh, to this episode, which I loved, uh, Alika Quox's fighting style and the way that she, well, let's talk about her intro as well. Uh, because she, her fighting style starts there. The way that she, uh, her, she has that conversation with her father and the father's like, you have to, you know, uh, you, you, know, you have to look look and see things and then you see her looking at the fight scene and watching his stance and then knows how to dominate him and just pushes him to the ground um, in the karate scene. If you so want good. really insightful commentary on how unrealistic that fighting scene was, oh, no. go check out Stark Radio where Alexis breaks that down for us. I have no expertise about that, sure. so I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool too. I'm I, sorry. Right, right? Yeah. I thought it was great. I thought it was a great character moment. Yeah. Um, apparently not at all realistic for uh, that situation, but I liked it. <laughs> I liked it too. I was like, this is fun. There's certain things I'm like, that's cool. Um, what she does, yeah. So right? Pretty amazing moves and then gets bested by uh, Hawkeye when the arrows go. And thank God it wasn't like, I like that it went through her shirt. I thought that was cool. Uh, okay. Before we get to the final part of the action scene, and then I think we should wrap up the show, I did want to talk about Secret Uncle. And <laughs> we're going to talk about this in a second. Yes. So uh, at that fighting tournament, I guess the father um, wasn't going to be able to pick her up. And so her uncle or her uncle was going to pick her up. And you see this hand come down, this pale hand, <laughs> this blackjack, and you hear a laugh. And I'm like, you are you 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 smart you s smart motherfucker. No way, no way you're doing this. Are you teasing me? Oh, yeah. You can't be doing this. And so, what was your thoughts on Secret Uncle Number One? <laughs> I yeah, I thought it was really great. Of course, um, Echo, you know, her backstory in the comics is her her father was working under. Wilson Fisk under Kingpin yes. uh, passes away and, you know, Echo Maya becomes, you know, Fisk's ward basically. And, you know, trains studies under him. And that's a really interesting character choice until, you know, she finds out the truth about what happens with her father. Uh, I, I hope they explore that here. Um, are are my question is are they making Kingpin the villain for this series or for the next thing? Because I I could very well see him not being the main villain in the show. I can definitely see them focusing more on you know Eleanor and Jack and their relationship and their you know um, I I I just kind of assume that Eleanor has taken. Kate's father's kind of role in the story because sure. mm -hmm. they reversed, you know, that. Uh, so what we could see from that, I think, would be very interesting. But also this hint of Kingpin for the next thing. I think that would be a really interesting setup. Yes. Uh, I could also see them just making the villain in this. And we'll see. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think at least at the very least setting it up for the echo show for sure. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, 
again, the fact that we're getting Kingpin in, a lot of people are speculating that this is a continuation of the Netflix series. Um, funny fact, I hope they stretch it out. I do hope so. Funny fact, I don't know if you saw this, but on the same day of the episode dropping, the actor Vincent D'Onofrio took a picture at a very special magical place known as Disney World. <laughs> Hmm. Interesting. Interesting that he would post that on Wednesday. Day of days. Uh, so I found that wonder. Found that fascinating. Um, just I love the little tease, and I'm hope every there's this TikTok rumor going around. I'm not gonna say it, but people are speculating you will be seeing more, and I'm hoping so. Uh, if we do, I'll lose my mind because supposedly it will be uh I don't want to spoil it, just because there's other there's another movie attached to it that <laughs> may have something cool, too. Um, but I if that's say, the case, go ahead. Yeah, we talked about in you know our Daredevil episode that just came out Yes. Uh, how that was my favorite portrayal of Wilson Fisk. <laughs> Unfortunately, as you mentioned in that episode, the actor is no longer alive. Yes. Uh, so definitely can't be him. No. Uh, very sad. But... If 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 we can't have him as more Wilson Fisk, I will take the Netflix. Take Vincent D'Onofrio because he's great in those shows. Yes. Yeah, I I really enjoy his his performance in those, and I I'm never gonna be mad about more of of those characters coming yeah. over to more projects. And and I I mean I have no faith that this is like I know that everyone's like oh they're gonna make a Daredevil TV show. I'm like. Daredevil could be a supporting character in Echo Show. Could just be there. Yeah. I I mean, Echo is a supporting character in Daredevil Comics. Flip it. Flip Go it. Go for it. It's Echo Show, but he's the supporting character and they have the common goal of bringing down the Kingpin again. Like that's give it give give me what we want, Marvel. I have one question for you. Yes. So, before this episode aired, I theorized that we were going to get to see Echo as ronin oh. of course we got kate as ronin yes. in this yes do you think at any point they would they would put echo in the ronin that would be interesting in sort of a potential huh it's interesting because she's the character that they need to convince um you know here's a oh, hold on let me throw another theory at you i don't oh, think boy. it's i don't think hawkeye is the one that killed her father I, there's just something oh, about that scene. Yeah. There's something about that scene where I'm like, I just don't think it's the same guy, the same person in Wait, the suit. Do you know? Do you know who killed her father in the comics? I I don't know exactly who killed her in the okay, comics. Then I won't say. Okay, okay. Yeah, I assume it has something to do with Secret right, Uncle, but we'll find out. But I have a feeling that Hawkeye. I mean, he has a connection with the the tracksuit mafia, and he clearly knows who the uncle is. Um, but I don't necessarily think this is probably going to be a case where he ends up being. Oh, this cat scared the crap out of me. Open the door. Um, where he ends up being. <laughs> He ends up being the actual killer of her father, and I think it's a setup for the Kingpin to put him in a direction, because maybe he was, maybe Ronan was causing troubles for the Kingpin in some aspects, and obviously, current canon, who knows, actually, I have no idea what the current canon with him, theoretically, he was back in jail, but we'll, 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 we'll find, we'll, he finds a way, um, <laughs> but I'm very curious if, like, that's going to be the case, and that's how it becomes her turning on uh, Secret Uncle. <laughs> Because to me, that's the only way that the show ends is like they have to come to agreement because if this is the case that Clint killed her father, I mean, how do you repair that? Um, 
And if Echo is a hero of her show, I'm very curious of how that goes along. So that's my th- secret theory there. So when it comes with her wearing the suit at some point, possibly. I mean, there's. I think there's an indication that to end this series in some way, a Ronin has to show up. It may not be the Ronin you're thinking of. What if it's Jack? Try very hard not to say anything. So can we move on to a new topic? Because I can't control my face. What? Yeah, one second. Let me say this. What if it's Jack? <laughs> it's like, okay, moving on. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's we'll go ahead into the big, we'll the, big, the, the big fight scene. By the way, it was in a KB Toys. I thought that was really funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was out. a derelict KB Toys with a with a really clean, uh, uh, what is that called? A pool pit? What the fuck is that called? Ball pit. Ball Very pit? cool ball pit. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That was a, that's a fun thing. Um, but yeah, we get this awesome fight scene, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> everyone doing the oh, thing. Yeah, I love this. I love the uh, arrow hitting Kazi in the face and going straight into uh, the tie-in for Kate. Like, wait for my signal. I uh, thought that was a lot of fun. Gets into, you see the charger from the comic, which I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. And then uh, <laughs> I love that he's like, I'm not going to smash up a charger. And the charger gets smashed up anyways. Um, but then they go on that. That, that was a great line. Ext- yeah. And they go on that extended uh, action scene, which is straight from the comic. If I'm not mistaken, there is a car chase. Um, quick it's, question. Yeah, it's the same uh, fight scene, but they flip it. So Kate's n- driving in the comics, and Clint ah, is shooting. And here it. we have Clint driving and Kate shooting. I want to say uh, on that note before I forget the co- the comedy of Kate having a conversation to herself because Clint isn't listening and then Clint having the same conversation to Kate yes. and Kate being like, we're communicating. That cracked me up. That was great. <laughs> I loved that. I love that line. And I love, uh, they're at the, uh, they're in the, uh, they're sitting down in the train and they're having that conversation. of just like, mm-hmm. I should, we should really take the dog out. And then he's like, you're a really good archer. By the way, we should take the talk out because I thought that was so good. If we're going to do that type of comedy, I think that at least landed in my opinion. Um, but then we, we get, uh, by the way, we're, we're also, did Kate kill some people? Because <laughs> that car blew up. Did they jump out? I didn't see it. I didn't see any bodies. I didn't see anybody. Well, who knows? Who knows? I don't. We're going to mention next episode. Oh, we're on fire. I couldn't go to the Imagine Dragon concert or something. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. I'm, I'm sure they're not dead. Uh, they didn't specify, but I. Uh, that I was just like, that car anybody. blew the fuck up. <laughs> it's like, yeah. They're definitely incapacitated. Oh. They're definitely hospital bound. They're, they're <laughs> like when you uh, punch people off buildings in Spider Man. You just magically have a web thing that saves them. You know, they just, they're all set. So don't you worry. Exactly. Um, which leads to them on that bridge. Uh, and this, you, if you didn't think you were in the MCU, you're in the MCU because we have a Pim fucking arrow. <laughs> By the way, what do you think of the arrows before we, and we're going to finalize soon, but what do you think of the arrows? It's, it's really fun. You know, there's, there's such a history with the trick arrows in the comics mm-hmm. and, uh, one that was kind of ignored until you know Fraction tried to bring it back, bring make it more um, up to date, more relevant. Sure. And you know he did a really good job with that, in my opinion. And just seeing them on screen, something about that's just so. 
fun. Yeah. It's just, you know, you get those comedic moments of, you know, Clint not labeling his arrows, no. but knowing which one's which or whatever. Um, I just, you know, I think they played with that so, so well. Um, the, the real question is, how did he get pen particles? Because that's that's a whole other conversation. Do, do him and Scott have a dad's of the Avengers group chat? Uh, because that's what I need in my life. That's I want a short. I want Marvel to do shorts. Yes. And one of the shorts that I want is <laughs> Scott and Clint <laughs> texting in the dads of the Avengers group chat. <laughs> Give it to me. It's like, hey, Clint, I have an idea for one of your arrows. Here, borrow this tech. I, I assume that's what it is because, I mean, the only history that they really have is in a civil war. He shoots him off an arrow, and I thought that was cool. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, the fact that he has a Pym arrow was awesome. Uh, and that arrow, yeah, gets shot down onto the bridge in a really cool way, destroying uh, the charger, sadly. Uh brutal and then they do the really cool freaking jumping off the thing into uh uh, uh the uh to the train and it was awesome it was so cool yeah yeah it was great loved it hijinks christmas i love the music it's also christmas that's also fun um but yeah we're having fun we're driving through trees it's great fun things um and of course it's it gets to them going to the apartment they do the the, the scene that we talked about which is going to the diner to having that whole conversation and then, of course, uh, we'll talk about their texting. I, I'm oh, yeah. sure it's been brought up a million times this week on the Internet. Yeah. Every time there's a phone shot, can, do they really not have the money to afford a hand double? Because they're <laughs> typing in the same exact point. Yeah. You just they're hitting two letters. And it's just it really took me out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen several uh <laughs> several TikToks about that. Uh Crafty uh, game related brings up the purple goo. That was my favorite arrow. Um mm-hmm. the gag. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, 100% I agree with you. It's uh their texting is real poor. Uh you know, million dollar show. <laughs> they can't text for shit in that show. Um and then of course we they are setting up this uh they're tying back around to this murder mystery story and they're going back to Kate's house, which is fancy, and I love that Clint's like, man, I'm in the wrong business, because that house is really nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, while Kate finds out that Kazi is actually a client of her mother, uh, Clint is skulking through the house, and he runs into to Jack, and there's a sword in his throat. And that's how the episode ends. The Ronin sword at his throat. Is, is it the Ronin sword? sword? I didn't even see that. Yeah, that's awesome. Sword. That's cool. The fact that, okay, huh. Because hmm. he stole that auction. No, no, I know that. The fact that he just reveals it like that is that's interesting. Because uh-huh. you know, yeah. he, again, it plays with that. Is he a bad guy? Is he not? I mean, he could just be like, yeah, I bought this at an auction, whatever. But yeah, that's we'll see. We're gonna see. Um, but yeah, that's the end of the first three episodes of the Hawkeye show. Overall, what are your thoughts and what are your aspirations for hopefully the end of the season? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, much more positive uh, after episode three. I would say I'm I'm not usually a big rankings person, but I think so far my ranking would be episode three, episode one, episode two. Um, two just was a little slow for me. Didn't really hit. 
Um, I I'm excited to see more of the murder mystery. I'm excited to see more of the themes of them setting up red herrings, who killed who, because mm-hmm. uh, they're obviously pushing very strong for you know certain people to have killed the two the two main dead people we have so far um and i i'm excited to see who actually they're setting up to be those people um i i really interesting to see your reaction to the future of echo's character because uh, you don't have her full her full backstory, so I'm really excited to see I don't. how that develops for you. Yeah, <laughs> I will say. I mean, in the small few section sections of this episode where we got to explore a character, I immediately found a connection with. Like I told you, I'm a sucker for dad stories and their daughters or dads or their boy, you know, their their sons. And this was another one of those. You're gonna kick me in the teeth because I really love their talk about dragons and hawks, and that was cute. Um, she is a dragon, goddammit. Dragons do exist in this universe. And uh, yeah, I, I already have an insight into her character that I really enjoy. I'm very curious about her history and what she's been doing because she's, you know, she's in this lifestyle. She's clearly in this sort of like criminal lifestyle. And I'm very curious about that too. Um, just to get more about her um, in the upcoming episodes. I know that we have three left and we have a whole series about her that we're going to experience hopefully by next year. And yeah. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. And then obviously all these little daredevil oh. teases are cool too. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. How are you how are you feeling about the episodes? What are your general feelings about the three we've seen so far? Uh they they hook line and sinker with me because I'm a sucker for Christmas stuff. Uh the fact that it is centered around Christmas this is a Christmas tale of the the end goal of Clint is really just to get back home to his kids, and I pretty much enjoy that, but I'm also glad that the show has a chance to introduce me to Two of some of the best female characters, I think, that they're developing for the future. Um, that being both Echo and, of course, Kate Bishop, um, so far have done an excellent job right out of the gate introducing them, understanding who they are, and wanting to see them continue and interact. I'm so excited for the eventual Young Avengers or whatever, like to see them interact in the world that they've now are a part of, um, to see that they were fans of the world too. And I think that's something we take advantage of. Like Miss Marvel is going to be that, uh, Kate Bishop is definitely going to be that. And uh, just to carry that on for the rest of the series, that, that definitely is something I'm very interested in. I never thought that I Hawkeye would be something I'd be interested to watch every week. I will be honest, <laughs> but uh, I'm glad that it is here. It's themed around things that I love and, uh, I can't wait for it to continue and to continue to surprise me and, uh, move on to a whole, New direction. Uh, I assume if he ever do do a season two, hey, maybe Clint is retired now, and now it's Kate's show. I'd be totally okay with that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, give it to Clay. Um, I there's so many possibilities for where these characters could go mm-hmm. in like the the grand scheme of things. Um, obviously, I don't think we're gonna get like new Avengers because not right away at least past that already yeah um yeah and so but we could get West Coast Avengers we could get young Avengers there's so many possibilities for who they could set up and I'm excited to see where they start to lean so I know where to dive into comics next <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> but yeah in general it's been a blast um I Obviously, we didn't cover all of my thoughts about these episodes, but there are a multitude of places where you can check out me talking about Hawkeye on the internet. 
one of which being penultimate conquest of course friends of the show their marvel mondays episode uh featuring moi and of course you can find me every week on stark radio the hawkeye after parties with liz marissa and alexis um go check out those conversations we have uh games we have rants we have rants as games and there's a lot of awesome insight into you know feminist perspectives i get a little more in depth about deaf perspectives uh, alexis with the amazing commentary about fighting styles we all have such different interests and niches that that's a really fun conversation so definitely go check out that show for more of my thoughts um and of course check out everything at point in progress that we do you can find us you can find the main show you can find final fantasy content yeah uh what else can you uh you find <laughs> that's us Pip. yeah that's pip you <laughs> also find us streamings on fridays sometimes uh when we do our main podcast and then you can always cop you, you can catch this show on wednesdays comic book wednesdays where you get to watch us go through the history of the original marvel cinematic universe which of course was blade x-men spider-man uh eventually howard the duck one day if you enjoyed watching uh our hawkeye because it's the current thing out there fantastic there's a whole history that preceded the mcu that you should also check out and i think uh our show is definitely a place that you would want to check that out uh i'm very excited for our next couple episodes i believe uh we're already setting it up well coming out next week is x2 after that if i'm not mistaken we're doing the hulk and then the punisher so yeah. i'm telling you ahead of time spider-man 2 spider-man 2 i can't <laughs> wait to get into spider-man movies uh oh, yeah I wish we could have. We were doing the show early enough. We could have set it up to fit around the time of the release. Doesn't matter. Uh, we did one. That's fine. Um, but of course, uh, <laughs> I'm telling you ahead of time because if you'd like to write into the show, we do have an email. It is mcuniversitypod at gmail.com. If you want to talk about those movies, I highly recommend watching it and writing in so that way we can talk about whatever you have to say. And uh, it's fun over there because we do pop quizzes, we do reenactments of scenes, and of course we uh, break down what our thoughts are of these films in comparison to the MCU and themselves. So yeah, please check us out there. Uh, of course you can find me at uh, Nightmute City, which I can control that with this beautiful lower third that appears whenever I press a button <laughs> and uh, you can find Slime Clone over there at Slime Clone MC on Twitter. But uh, we are your hosts of the MC university. And again, we're doing this live. Thank you so much for everybody in the chat and uh, class is uh, over. I forgot. I forgot how the end of the show again. God class damn it. Dismissed. Class dismissed. <laughs>